Do you know that God's pursuing you? When we were singing that song, I just really felt that God's saying that he's pursuing you. But at the same time, as you were singing that, you're thinking, no, he isn't. He doesn't love me like he loves those people or that person. The very fact that you're sitting right here or you're watching online right now shows that God is pursuing you. The Holy Spirit has drawn you. The Holy Spirit has brought you here. The Holy Spirit has stirred in you a desire to be here. For whatever reason, you're joining us online or being here in person, God, God is pursuing you. We're doing a series now entitled God in the Ordinary. Hence, we invite you to our backyard, your backyard. Come on in, sit, chill, hang out. We're learning to find God in our ordinary, remembering to invite God into the things we do in our ordinary life. So what do we do every day? So far in this series, we've talked about God in our waking. Hopefully we wake up every day, yeah, get out of bed. God in our waking, God in our making of our bed, God, in other words, God in our routines, God in our brushing of our teeth, our looking after our bodies. And this morning, Dorothy spoke about God uh, in our finding of lost keys, finding God in our failings and allowing him to step into our mess. Guess what topic I got given? God in our eating and drinking. Of course, anyone who knows me knows I'm an expert in food and drinks, not in the making of it, but in the consuming of it. I'm highly talented, extremely skilled, and draw incredible pleasure out of drinking and eating. If eating is a, is a spiritual gift, I've got it. My knack for enjoying food is almost supernatural. If you watch me eat, you will think that what I'm eating is the best food in the world. It's because it is. I do not eat bad food. There are times, which I will touch on later, when I do eat bad food, and I'll talk about why. But if I have a choice, I don't eat bad food. I'm a foodie. If I plan a holiday, the first thing I plan is what I want to eat, and then I will plan the rest of the itinerary around it. I have not been to the lavender farm or the tulip farm because my first question was, is there good food around there? And the answer is no. So it is very likely I'll never go there. I am not interested. It's no wonder that they got me to speak on this. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you that you are interested in our ordinary, that you pursue us even in our ordinary, that you love us. I pray tonight, Holy Spirit, you come and speak to us. You will minister to us where you need to. You know where each of us need to be ministered to. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a great relationship with food. I also have a great relationship with Jesus. So inevitably, the two are linked. And I love seeing Jesus in my journey of, with food. Here is the story. Many years ago, before we had children, Tim and I, now, something you need to understand, and we were living in Malaysia, you have to understand that in Malaysia, we eat what you eat for dinner, for breakfast, morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea, dinner, and supper. We would actually eat that many meals, and they would be hearty meals. No cereals for breakfast. Come on. Bring on the laksa noodles. And um, so... I was starting a conversation with God about 
me possibly eating too much and just feeling a little bit challenged to kind of have a bit of self-control when it came to eating. So it was after uh, I finished work, at, it was three o'clock one afternoon, I was driving and you know, I had had a very hearty, amazing lunch with lots of spices, it was great. And in two hours, I'm gonna have a very hearty dinner and with lots of spices, it was gonna be wonderful. It was three o'clock in the afternoon and I was driving and I saw KFC. I really, to this day, do not know what happened. Before I knew it, I was parked in front of KFC. Like, it was a great parking spot. Just parked. And I was like, well, God. So I was talking with God, and I was like, well, really, God? I mean, what can I do? I'm only one person. So I went in, and I was like, okay, God, since it's just a snack, right, let's not order too much. So I ordered two pieces of chicken. So I asked for my favorite, which is drumstick, and my second favorite, which is thigh. And I was like, I could just feel joy welling up inside of me. It was just a, such a happy moment. And, um, and I got my chicken, I got to the table, and I was about to bow my head to thank God for the food. And then I realized God didn't really want me to eat this food. So I kind of laughed and said, well, God, thank you anyway. Ha, ha, ha. And as I was about to dig in, I saw a beggar walking into KFC. We have a lot of them in Malaysia, unfortunately, and it breaks our hearts. So we always, Tim and I, we always buy food for them when we see them. And he was walking in. Uh, come on, I was busy. I was about to dig into my chicken. I was like, okay, right. So I took out some money and I put it on my table. I was like, by the time he gets to my table, my hands will be dirty. So I'm like super organized. He can touch the money. I don't need to touch it anymore. I left it there. And I was like, ooh, I've got thigh. I've got drumstick. My favorite is drumstick. So I'm going to save that for last. I'm going to go for the thigh. So I went in with the thigh. Oh, it was great. So good. It was great. And then I saw the man going from table to table. No one gave him anything. And when he came to my table, I was like, hello. Here's some money. You can go buy yourself some food. And he says, no, miss. I don't want your money. And then I looked at what was in his hands. He was holding a bag with rice in it. And he said, I have rice, but I have no meat. Then he looked at my plate. Then I looked at my plate. He wants my meat. I was like, oh my goodness. What do I do? What do you do? I could give him the thigh that I was halfway through eating. That's kind of rude. And he was looking at my drumstick. And I was looking at my drumstick. So I gave him my drumstick. And, and I just sat there and I laughed. I could just see Jesus having the greatest belly laugh. And then I went home, I drove home, and I was like, God, you are so good. I went home and I said, Tim, Tim, you won't believe what happened today. You know, I don't know how it happened, but I was at KFC, you know. But now I know God sent me there for that man. <laughs> and Tim looked at me and said, God sent him there for you. <laughs> if you want to marry a husband, marry a husband who will speak the truth. So that's me and food and Jesus. What about
about Jesus and food? What was his relationship with food? What did the Gospels tell us about Jesus and food? The Gospels recorded Jesus eating at the wedding at Cana, Jesus eating at a big dinner party at Matthew's house, then again at the house of Simon the Pharisee, then again at the house of Mary and Martha, then again at the houses of two more Pharisees, then at the house of Simon the leper, and of course at the Last Supper. He also turned water into wine at a wedding when the wine ran out. He multiplied food to feed 5,000 people plus women and children. And then he multiplied food to feed 4,000 people, uh, 4,000 men plus women and children. And then after his resurrection, he ate at the house of the two men he met on the road to Emmaus and in Jerusalem with his disciples and others. Then on the beach, he cooked breakfast, grilled fish, Malaysian way, no cornflakes, and ate with some of his disciples. And Jesus promised to eat with us when he comes back again. I can safely assume that Jesus quite liked food, don't you think? So what do we need to know from the Bible about food and how we can find God in our eating and drinking and how we can invite God into our eating and drinking? Let's dig in. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, give us this day our daily bread. If you don't eat carbs, wheat or bread, another version of the Bible phrases it as God, uh, give us today the food we need. So Jesus still loves you if you don't eat bread. See, all included, okay? Give us today our daily bread. First point, food comes from God. Give us today our daily bread. For many of us who have never experienced poverty, we will never know what it's like to, uh, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, give us today our daily bread. A lot of the people Jesus was talking to lived in extreme poverty. And it was a reality day by day what they're going to eat that day, where they're going to find food to feed their families this day. And it is sad, but I actually know and journey with families, even today, right now, who is, this is their struggle, that they don't know how to put food on the table for their children tomorrow. And while I have never experienced that kind of poverty myself, I have experienced living on very, very little. When Tim and I were married, we were missionaries, and, we, um, and then uh, when we had Matthew, he was a baby, when we adopted Matthew, God, when we had adopted Matthew, God told Tim and I very, very clearly, we were in Malaysia, he said, move to Australia, Tasmania, Launceston, Door of Hope. It was like, like Google Maps, you know, like just went really specific. We're like, all right, so huge step of obedience, we came. And, um, you know, we were penniless missionaries and we were relying on Centrelink payment to get ourselves set up. And Tim found a job very quickly, and, um, but our, his first job was not very highly paying and we were, you know, we were just starting anew. And we were living on $50 a week on groceries, including nappies and formula. And I remember one Friday night, after having done our weekly shop at Woolies, and back then we didn't have like Woolies brand, you know, now all the Woolies brand have like different names. Back then it was simply called home brand. 
and they didn't bother packaging it nicely either. It was just home brand. And I remember coming home and stacking the pantry and looking at the pantry, everything in red and white, home brand. And I was looking at my pantry and a great sense of gratitude welled up inside of me. God, you gave us all this food. We have food. My baby has formula. He has nappies. Thank you. If you struggle with having enough to live on, I want to encourage you, pray daily. Ask God for your food daily. He is faithful. After you have asked him, learn to find him in your pantry. Learn to find him on your dinner table. Learn to find him in the food he's provided for you. Our food comes from God. So the right response is thankfulness. Find God where he has provided for you. I think we need to have less complaints and more gratitude. Giving thanks for our food and praying for those who lack. A natural flow-on effect from thankfulness would be no wastage. If we appreciate the food God has given to us, we wouldn't want to waste. There is a very unhelpful and unhealthy Chinese practice uh, where it is a show of wealth. In order to show off my wealth, I am going to provide 10 times more food than is necessary at a party or when I invite you over or if I take you out for dinner and we will waste it. We will blatantly waste it in order to show wealth. A typical Chinese banquet has eight courses. Some have 10, some have 30. Blatantly to waste. Don't do that. It's not good. What, what about for us? You know, we, we don't do that. But if we are not careful, we can be wasteful too. So shop mindfully. Cook mindfully. And order mindfully. Don't waste. Now, another thing about food is this. I am, I, I don't just enjoy food. I used to be known as the bottomless pit. Actually, I am still the bottomless pit. Um, for some of you who know me quite well, you know that I can just keep eating and eating and eating. I have out-eaten huge men. I remember going to Prickly Cactus many years ago with Ruth, and they have the big man's meal. And I said, what's the big man's meal? You can't eat the big man's meal. They were telling me this, this, this. I want the big man's meal. So I had the big man's meal, and I finished the big man's meal but I couldn't sleep that night, but yes. I have struggled with gluttony my whole life. And lately, God has been challenging me. Lately, as in when they gave me the topic to speak on. And on the topic, they actually included gluttony in there. I was like, okay, God. <laughs> so I've been, God's been talking to me quite a bit and I've been doing really well, you know, asking the Holy Spirit to help me. Andrea talked about looking after our body last week, not abusing our bodies. Have you been to an all-you-can-eat? All you we don't do that anymore. Because when Tim and I were younger and we would go to it, we would eat ourselves to the point of being sick. And it's just awful to abuse our bodies that way. Give us today our daily bread. When we ask God to give us our daily bread, and He does, we need to treat it responsibly. We also don't want to abuse food because it's a gift from God. 
Find God in your self-control and restraint. If you struggle with gluttony like me, ask God to help. He is very happy to help. I would also like to speak brief, briefly with you if you have an eating disorder. Jesus taught us to pray, give us today our daily bread. Do you know that Jesus wants you to eat today? Jesus wants to nourish your body today. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you. If you struggle with eating and eating properly to nourish your body, invite God into that. He is waiting to help. He wants to help. Pray daily. Give me today my daily bread and help me eat, Lord. Help me. So first, food is from God. Second, food is for community. Remember all those times Jesus, uh, remember all those times I mentioned Jesus eating in scriptures? Do you know what? He wasn't eating alone. He was eating in community. Food is not just for nourishing the body or enjoyment. It is for community. The early church met and ate together all the time. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Can you sense that sense of community? Because God created us for community. Use eating as an opportunity to eat together, to share lives, to be generous, to bless others. Find God in that communion. Tim and I were missionaries, I mentioned that. And in mission training with Operation Mobilization, this is how we are trained. When a host family in another country, when they take you out or when they invite you to their homes, if they don't give you any food, don't ask for it. But if they give you any food at all, whatever it is, you eat it and you eat it all. So I didn't have too bad an experience, but Tim has eaten all kinds of things. And it is really amazing when you do that. Why do we do that? Because it is not about me, but I like, ooh, I don't like that. Ooh, I don't eat that. It is not about that. It's about the community. It's about respecting your host. It's about accepting their hospitality, which is also taught in scriptures. To accept hospitality, it's amazing. When you have eaten their food, their hearts opened up the people, and you can share God with them, and they're very receptive. In the book of Romans, Paul was talking to believers who were divided by food. Some believed that some food was unclean. Some believed that all food is fine to be eaten. Some believed that you're not allowed to eat meat. Some believed that, oh, it's fine, you can eat meat. So what did they do? They fought about it. They argued about it. They divided the church because of it. And so Paul said, do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. He's saying all food is fine, but if you're eating and drinking affects someone else negatively, then that's wrong. 
I want to challenge you. Don't let your eating and drinking isolate yourself from others. Don't let food divide the church. If you, re- if you have a food allergy or if you really can't stomach certain food, then bring your own food, but still come to the gathering. Still eat together. Remember when I said that I don't eat bad food? This is the time when I will eat bad food. If it will help us build community. It doesn't matter if I don't enjoy the food. It's not all about me. It's about relationship with each other. Jesus loves us to be in community. And invite God into that community that you eat and drink with. Use food to build relationships. Thirdly, food is from God, but food is not God. All the Asians listening, all the Asians watching, food is not God. Winnie, food is not God. (laughs) Because if you've met Asians, you know that we are pretty obsessed with food. Um, Jesus is God. Food is not God. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Remember earlier Jesus says, taught us to pray, give us today our daily bread. And then now Jesus says, actually, I'm the bread. Yes, Jesus is asking us to ask for physical bread to nourish our body, but Jesus is also saying, actually, you need me daily. I am the spiritual bread that will nourish your soul. Only Jesus can truly satisfy our deepest hunger. I've eaten really good food, believe me. But truly, I can tell you, only Jesus can satisfy our deepest hunger. As we eat physical bread, let's remember that Jesus is our spiritual bread that will give us eternal life, a life that goes on forever in the deepest relationship with God. I find something very worrying of late. It's um, the healthy eating obsession. Healthy eating is good. Don't get me wrong. Healthy eating is very good, but obsessing over healthy eating is not good. When we obsess over healthy eating, we are making food bigger than it really is. We are warping what is important. Relationship with Jesus and relationship with others are more important than food, even healthy food. We can eat as healthy as we want. We will still die. And when we are dead, what's left is our relationship with Jesus. So remember to ask God for your daily bread. Yes, your physical food, eat healthy, but also your spiritual bread. We need Jesus daily. Focus on that. I am like not obsessed uh, on healthy eating. Sometimes don't really care about healthy eating. I'm simply obsessed with food and enjoyment with food. I Like yesterday, Tim and I went for lunch and I told him this food touched my soul. I can't put it into words. (laughs) But I have to invite God into my relationship with food because God wants me to enjoy food, but he wants me to know that God is, food is not God. Jesus is God. A good way to realign is by fasting. Last year, so funny, now they got me to speak on food. Last year, they got me to speak on fasting. Every year, the beginning of the year, you know, God's just like, thank you, God, I get the message. Um, When I fast, I don't eat for a period of time. It could be for a meal, 
It could be for half a day. It could be for a day. And what happens when we fast? When we fast, this is what happens. You um, look at, you think of really amazing food, right? Really amazing food. And, and then you go, oh man, I want that burger so bad. But Jesus, I want you more. That's fasting. Denying that burger. But you know when you're fasting, don't keep staring at a burger. It doesn't help. Um, so when you're hungry, you pray. That's fasting. And you're saying, Jesus, I love that burger, but I love you more, so I will wait. Fasting is an amazing spiritual discipline. If you haven't done it or if you haven't started this year, um, I want to encourage you to do that. Invite God into your struggle, whether you're obsessed with healthy eating or whether you're simply obsessed with food. Invite God into that struggle. Food is not God. Jesus is God. So in, can I ask the worship team to come up? So in talking about food, we talked about food coming from God. Food is for community and food is not God. And in the book of Revelation, there is this beautiful passage. Jesus says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and play Xbox with you. No, that's not what he said. He said, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus wants to be invited into your life. And then he wants to eat with you. See, he told you Jesus likes food. Jesus wants to hang out with you and eat with you. He loves you. Will you invite Jesus into your eating and your drinking? Jesus grilled fish, remember? Those of you who love cooking, when you're cooking, talk with Jesus. Invite him into that. You're eating with others. Invite Jesus into that. He loves you. Maybe you are new at this faith thing and you are just exploring still. Jesus is here knocking on the door of your life, waiting for you to welcome him in because he won't barge in because he respects you. He respects you that much. He's waiting for you to invite him in. So will you do that? Let's pray. God, I want to thank you that you are not just a God of the spectacular. You are. You are God of the spectacular, but you are also God of the ordinary. That you care about our brushing of teeth, our eating of food, and you want to be included and you want to be invited. And Lord, I pray that you teach us. I pray that you show us. I pray, I pray that you... Um, You teach us how to find you in our eating and drinking. God, simply because you love us, simply because you want to be in our lives. Father, I want to pray particularly for those who have real struggles when it comes to eating, whether it's a, an eating disorder or, um, or sicknesses or um, addiction poverty. Lord, would you come into all these spaces and would you minister? God, you care even about our eating and our drinking. You are so good, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>